0: Welcome to Fright Night. <laughs> oh. For
1: real. Welcome to Fright Night Minute, a daily podcast where we discuss the original 1985 horror movie Fright Night, one minute at a time. I'm Robin. I'm Leonard. And uh, hey, minute one, we're here. We're starting this whole thing up. We're really excited. I've never done a daily podcast before, so it, it is kind of daunting. You have to have faith. We're huge fans of the movie Fright Nights, one of uh, our favorite horror movies maybe our favorite uh yeah i I would say yours right
0: i've watched it almost every year since i had it on vhs so maybe that's 1986 1987
1: i'm sure i saw it as a kid i wasn't really allowed to watch many horror movies as a kid i was scared by most of them uh yeah i think it's a horror classic i don't know just one of those 80s movies that I i swear like not enough people talk about this movie it's one of those movies like the monster squad almost where you kind of bring it up in conversation and people are like i don't know i've There was Freddy and Jason, but I don't remember
0: Fright Night. I I don't think I've ever talked to anybody that knows the movie and didn't like it. There's something, I don't know, there's something really charming, unlike a lot of other horror movies of the the time.
1: It's got a great cast, a great script. It's just fun all around. And I'm excited to spend, I don't know, the next half year or
0: so with it. (laughs) For as much as I've watched this film, I've never taken it minute by minute. Why would I? And now... I get to, so I'm hoping that we discover some things I never saw or even thought about.
1: Mm-hmm. Or you come out completely
0: hating it. You're like, I never watched this movie again. Oh, boy, that'd be rough. I do have a tattoo of it on my arm. I oh, might really? I that arm oh. off, too. The whole know?
1: movie? The whole movie. is. Uh... <laughs> no, really. Uh, you should describe your tattoo for the listeners.
0: It would be the, the Amanda Bierce vampire on the poster, you know, in the clouds. The big, yeah. frightening, open, toothy mouth. I like to call it mom. Oh. Right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So we're going to spend some time. We're going to be here Monday through Friday. She'll be your daily uh, podcast minute by minute talking about Fright Night. And uh, I hope you guys all enjoy the ride. I hate to have these things run longer than like maybe 15, 20 minutes. So maybe we should get into get into this first minute. It begins with the Columbia Pictures logo and it ends with the words Fright Night.
0: Charlie Brewster is about to discover there are some very good reasons to be afraid of the dark.
1: First thing we see in this minute is the Columbia Pictures logo. I have a bit of history here. Columbia Pictures was founded in 1918 by Harry and Jack Cohn and Jack's best friend, Joe Brandt. And it was originally called CBC Film Sales, which the CBCs stand for Cone Brant Cone. But their studio was like in a low-rent district of Hollywood, and the Cones were known as penny pinchers. The Hollywood elite liked to joke that CBC stood for corned beef and cabbage, <laughs> which... <laughs> I'm not sure if that's an Irish slur. Like, Colin
0: sounds like a Jewish name, but uh, corned beef and cabbage is so definitely an Irish slur. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, they did rebrand in 1924, only like six years later, seven years later, six years later, as Columbia Pictures. And we have the symbol. Why would they call it Columbia? Well, the symbol of Columbia is basically uh, the United States in lady form. You see, uh, this woman holding up a torch, it looks a lot like Lady Liberty. This is actually the uh. The old symbol they used to use in political cartoons before Uncle Sam, like Washington, D.C., it's called you know D.C.'s District of Columbia because it's pretty much the oh. like District of uh, Lady America. The Statue of Liberty actually was dedicated as a national monument the same year that Columbia Pictures gave itself that name. So it's kind of funny that the, the uh, logo looks a lot like Lady Liberty as well. Fast forward to the 1980s, Columbia Pictures, which might as well be called Lady America Pictures, um, is uh, now owned by Coke. And so we see this version of the logo before Fright Night, which reduces Columbia to kind of like a golden statue. I I read that, you know, since it was owned by Coke, people thought that it looked a lot like a Coke bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like a subliminal, buy Coke before you start this movie. I really think like the older logos look so much nicer. It's an actual like model. It just looks... You know,
0: like a classic. So I looked that up because I was curious where the image came from. Oh. No one really knows. So I didn't get very far, but I did find that Betty Davis in a 1962 autobiography, The Lonely Life, makes a passing reference to little Claudia Dell, an actress from the 30s, whose image, Betty Davis claims, was used as Columbia. But then other people have come forward and said, no, I posed for that. No, it was me. So no one really knows who the actual lady was based on.
1: Well, I will just put it out right now. If you're the model that modeled for Columbia, contact our podcast immediately and uh, let us know. We'll have you on the show.
0: So that would make her, what, 130, 140 years old now? This is going to be the podcast that uncovers the... 100-year-old
1: mystery. (laughs) So, fast forward to uh, 1985. Here they are. They're distributing Fright Night. Four years later, they're bought by Sony. So... (laughs) Uh, the dark clouds actually that are behind the Columbia logo, they do look very ominous and maybe that's Sony approaching to take that off <laughs> Swallow it up. Completely. No, I think they're probably very happy with the millions of dollars they're making. I, I do think that the dark clouds behind Columbia are ominous, you know, we're we're heading into a horror movie now. Yeah, so. it's a
0: nice transition into the next shot, which is a full moon.
1: I have Tom Holland, uh, the writer and director. I have his script here because I love some of the descriptions that he uses in his script. It's not often that you have like a writer, director that, you know, just nails it, I think, you know. But so he writes here, clouds obscure the starless heavens for a moment, heavy and ominous in the black firmament. Then suddenly they clear, exposing a full moon streaked with red like a killer's face. A stalking moon staring down at man's evil on the earth below. A howl breaks the night. A wolf pursuing its prey, perhaps. Or perhaps something much, much worse. You know, Red doesn't streak the full moon like like a killer's face, but there is just a little bit of cloud in front of that moon where I can see some red maybe colored in afterwards. So
0: speaking of uh, the moon, did I ever tell you about when I met Buzz Aldrin? No. Yeah, he was a prick. (laughs) Actually, uh, when I was working for an artist in New York, Buzz was writing the foreword to a tabletop book the artist had put together and he came to the studio and we all got to meet him. A man who walked on the moon, you know, if you believe in that sort of bullshit.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, obviously we're going to set this whole podcast up as we all believe the earth is flat and there's no moon. You know, it's all just a Hollywood production. We definitely are truthers. Uh.
0: I have one more little factoid about the moon, if you care to hear it. Sure. Uh, and if you don't, too fucking bad. I'm going to tell you anyway. You should. So Hippocrates is considered the father of modern medicine. He wrote in the 15th century that one who is seized with terror, fright, and madness during the night is being visited by the goddess of the moon. The word lunacy, lunatic, they all come from the Roman goddess of the moon, Luna, who was said to ride her silver chariot across the dark sky each night.
1: Yeah, I've, I've gotten a, a full moon view. I don't know if you've ever gotten it. You kind of feel like really restless during a full moon. It doesn't happen every month or else I'd actually get myself checked out. But every once in a while, I'm like, <laughs> Why do I feel so anxious? And I look at the stars and I'm like, oh, it's a full moon. The lunatic is on the grass. Anyway, so we move on to a, uh, like a voice asking, what was that? Because we find out later that it's coming from TV. And then we hear, just a child of the night, Jonathan. And so the camera pans down from the moon. And we uh, start looking at a suburban cul-de-sac. It's interesting. I've never really, like, paused it and looked at it, but it is this hidden suburbia on top of a hill looking down on the dangerous city. Like, this is this is where the innocence is. This is where, you know, the evil that may be creeping into the neighborhood in the form of, uh, you know, vampires. <laughs> um, and we see a credit that says, a ViStar Films production, which... I was not sure what the heck that was. I looked up on the internet, and the internet apparently has no idea either. Uh, IMDb says that ViStar Films produced this movie and an episode of Philip Marlowe Private Eye. So, folks, if you have any idea, I'd love to know. Uh, the camera continues as we go onto the streets and we see, well, I'll read what Tom says. The camera pauses to stare at the Dandridge house, so different in look and feel from all the other houses on the street. It's huge, almost foreboding. Its windows dark and vacant. It's lawn overgrown and weed infested. A home that is obviously been untended for a long time, unlived in, and uncared for. However, the for sale sign on the lawn has a sold
0: sign just beneath it. So We don't get any house. of that in the film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and the camera kind of pauses on it for a it, moment. <laughs> it does,
0: but it's pretty dark, you know what I mean? It yeah. just looks like part of the neighborhood. I don't notice it, the difference between the houses.
1: I don't know. It, it looks a little eerier. But um, uh, the next credit is a Tom Holland film. So we're going to probably talk about him quite a bit uh, throughout the movie we should get out of the way that he's not spider-man this is not the kid that played spider-man <laughs> so he is the writer and director of fright night
0: among other things well hopefully we'll get tom on the podcast and be able to ask him a million questions whoa, whoa, which whoa, will be whoa, exciting
1: whoa. why are you calling him tom it's like you know him or
0: something i have worked with mr holland <laughs> uh Yes, yes, sir. A couple years ago, I illustrated his first children's book, "How to Scare a Monster," and also he has agreed to come on the podcast. So that's going to be great. We're going to say that right here, right now. Like, something comes up and he doesn't come on. Well, uh, I'll look like the asshole.
1: (laughs) This this file will not be found. I have a little bit of history here for him. You know, as we're getting to know him through his film. uh, first, he was an actor. He had the name Tom Fielding. He did some TV work. Uh, he even guested on an episode of The Incredible Hulk, which now I want to see that. It's crazy. He s- actually starred in a movie with Anthony Quinn and Ingrid Bergman. Uh, it's called A Walk in the uh, Spring Rain. Tom plays a hot-tempered young man who like, literally assaults this Hollywood legend, Ingrid Bergman, <laughs> and then is murdered by Anthony <laughs> Quinn in this big fight. Even better... And this is something maybe we want to ask him about. Fun fact, the fight choreographer for that movie was Bruce Lee.
0: Wow. You got
1: Ingrid Bergman, Anthony Quinn and Bruce Lee and Tom Holland in all in the same set. I just, yeah. So anyway, so he kind of quit acting and I believe is here where he was beginning to be called Tom Holland. Um, he achieved some cult status for writing the screenplay for class of 84. Did you ever see that movie?
0: I'm not sure that I did. I don't
1: think I did either. I, I'm, I keep thinking I'm con- confusing it with the uh, class of, Nukem
0: High, which is. Is that a Trauma Vision yeah, film? Yeah. It's kind of, it's yeah. Uh, after
1: Class of 84, after he's gotten a little bit of cult status, he's hired by Universal to write a sequel to Psycho. In 1983,
0: like the first time I spoke to Tom, I asked him what it was like to work with Anthony Perkins. And what Tom told me was that it was going to be a TV miniseries. Anthony Perkins wanted nothing to do with being in a sequel to something Hitchcock wrote and wasn't really that excited about reprising the role of Norman Bates. So he really wasn't going to do it. So they hire Tom and Tom's script was good enough that Anthony agreed to be in a film. So it became a major release rather than just a made-for-TV thing.
1: Yeah, and uh, it, it opened at number two. Do you know what actually beat that movie at the box office? I don't. Return of the Jedi. <laughs> so darn it. <laughs> no it wasn't opinion. as big as Return of the Jedi, but number two. Not bad. <laughs>
0: That's huge, yeah. How yeah. do you compete with a Star Wars movie? Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, his next movie after Psycho Two was Cloak and Dagger, which... Uh, mm. A childhood staple for me i i loved that movie D- Dabney coleman too. henry thomas
0: it was not his next that came before fright night yep didn't do
1: so well it kind of flopped at the box office to, uh you know and he was getting kind of tired of like having other directors direct the stuff that he's written uh yeah so finally he decided to take his hand at directing one of his own scripts and uh so yeah we have fright night
0: Fright Night. If you love being scared, it'll be the night of your life. Rated R. Now at select theaters. Check newspapers for showtimes.
1: The last thing I have here is uh, the credit. The logo for Fright Night appears on the screen in red, and it looks like a normal credit as we finish the minute.
0: (laughs) That's exactly at one minute. I know.
1: It's fun going through this movie and looking at where the minute points are and where we're going to end each of these podcasts. But uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning into this first minute. We hope you continue listening to us. We'll be doing this every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, the Movies by the Minute tradition. <laughs> I do want to give a quick shout out to the guys behind the Movies by a Minute phenomenon, Alex and Pete from Star Wars Minute. Also, if you want to find more podcasts that cover movies minute by minute, please visit moviesbyminutes.com. And we're going to be back tomorrow for more Fright Night. But until then, Please follow us on Twitter at FrightNightMin. Send your feedback to FrightNightMin at gmail.com. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. (laughs) He's a vampire. A what?
0: (laughs) You're so cool, Brewster.